Welcome to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast, where we highlight Saskatoon's epic business culture by interviewing their best and brightest owners. We strive to deliver value in one simple model. What's in it for you? I'm your host, Scott Ziegler. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. Yes, I am a realtor with Remax Saskatoon and we are broadcasting live from Remax headquarters in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada's best city, definitely the best prairie city. And a fun fact about Saskatoon, uh, we have a population of about 275,000. It's 325,000 if you include the bedroom communities and we're projected to grow by another 10,000 in 2021. Uh, Saskatoon's the fourth fastest growing city in Canada and about three times the national average. And if you want to know more about the population of Saskatoon and some of the different opportunities here, you can head over to my YouTube channel where I've done a video explaining all of it. So I'm pretty excited for today's guest, Um, somebody I've known for a while, somebody I've followed um, online and his business adventures uh, over the last couple of years. And the thing that I think excites me the most about today's episode is that because it's a business podcast, I know that our guest is really big into bettering himself business-wise and very has a very high business acumen. I think that's the right word I want to use. So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, Mr. Spruce Holmes, Brad Blair. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for Brad, having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Brad is the co-owner with his wife, Caitlin, of Spruce Homes Construction here in Saskatoon. And just before we get into the episode, Brad, let me just go through your bio, introduce you a little bit more to our listeners. Um, So Brad was born and raised in Lanigan, Saskatchewan. He grew up in a small family business and was exposed to that side of life from the beginning. Upon graduation, he moved to St. Louis, Louis, Missouri, or Missouri, depending (laughs) on where you're from, and to finish his degree and play college golf. It was there that he realized his passion for for small business and met his future wife, Caitlin. Together, they moved back to Saskatoon and started their real estate business in late 2015. It took some trial and error, some wins and losses, but in 2017, they found their niche in the renovation and new home construction, and Spruce Homes was born. Since then, Spruce Homes has grown into a full design plus build company that focuses on the client experience. They believe that building or renovating a home should be an exciting time, and they work to facilitate that excitement through the entire process. Brad loves the challenge of growing a business and continually finding ways to add value to the people that matter the most, their clients. Both Brad and his wife, Caitlin, are excited to be part of the Saskatoon community for years to come and have great expectations for the future of Spruce Homes and the local construction industry. So again, Brad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into your bio to start with. Mm -hmm. When you went to uh, Missouri to finish your degree, what kind of degree was it and what what, what took you down there besides golf? Um, So I I actually went to the U of S for a year here first and was in commerce. And so when I went down there, I continued that. My finance degree, my undergrad is what I did. my hopes and dreams were actually to become a stockbroker. So that was my plan. Um, fortunately for me through one of our college tournaments, I actually met a guy down in Alabama who was doing that exact same thing. He was a master's student. Um, and 
kind of was well on in that way. And I talked to him and realized that was not the life I wanted <laughs> to live at all. Um, he basically advised me that if I wanted to have kids before 40, I might want to pick a different career. So I did. I went, I was going to go into corporate finance instead and do more of the corporate analytical side of things. So got an internship at Monsanto. Their headquarters are in St. Louis. So that was a very eye-opening experience and realized that Fortune 500 life was definitely not for <laughs> me. Um, doing the same thing over and over and over yeah. again was not uh, was not my forte. Uh, so it was kind of made me realize that small business was what I grew up in and what I was used to and what I enjoyed. Um, so we moved back and joined the family business for a while until we realized that, uh, we wanted to kind of take a stab at a real estate career. And so what, what sparked your interest in real estate, like specifically building and flipping? Like I know Caitlin, your wife, and, and if anybody that's listening, we'll get to it later. Uh, they, they have a Instagram account under Spruce Homes. And uh, she's very big into the design style mm-hmm. and, and the design side of things. Was it her that pushed you guys in that direction of real estate? Or what was it that kind of got you focused in that direction? So in school, uh, I did my, my MBA down there as well. Um, we did a project and we did two projects one to be honest i don't even remember what the point of the project was but i remember we were we are researching wealthy families families like the rothschilds mm-hmm. um families like the trumps um and just all of their wealth came from different avenues oil real estate a bunch of different um different ways they got it but one of the things they all had in common was real estate Mm -hmm. no matter what how they got the money they kept it through real estate um and created that generational wealth correct which i realized once i got into like my mid-20s is what really motivates me is creating creating general generational wealth for my kids and my grandkids um and that's what motivates me day in and day out and i realized that real estate had the capability to achieve that um one of the only ways to achieve it yeah so it was just and there's lots of different ways within real estate to do it so you don't have to own rental property you don't have to build houses. you don't have to flip you there's there's different ways to do things um which intrigued me so that that's what perked my interest yep. and that's why. Um, and then I took some, obviously you don't learn that in school. So I, I did take some coaching and some third party education on that, um, which is kind of what kickstarted it all. Good. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, you basically gave a, a, a plug there for anybody that's listening to this episode to, to listen to the one previous to yours. Uh, we had a real estate investor, uh, Mike Bugon, who, who who you know as well, um, said everything that you just said. We expanded on it a bit more, but uh, yeah, real estate's powerful and and it's so awesome. And then so you started flipping houses, and as your bio said, you graduated to building, and then you know to to full design and build. What uh, what kind of facilitated the switch from flipping to more or less new construction now? Uh, so the switch was not on purpose. Um, we were definitely focusing on flipping. There was a period of time, it was about six months, where we were trying to buy houses to flip. And within a six month period, we lost out to builders five or six times within those six months. And it just got frustrating. And then a light bulb kind of went on in our head and said, well, if they can pay that much more for a house to just tear it down and rebuild, um, then we can to try and repair it. 
then maybe we're missing out on some opportunities here. So we decided let's give that a whirl and let's try that. Um, that's just how we operate. It's like, you know what, let's try it. Let's mm -hmm. try it. Uh, we're young. And so our philosophy has always been, let's just try things and do it and learn and muck our way through it. And if we screw it up, <laughs> we got our whole life to, to make it back. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, and then from there, it just kind of had a mind of its own and it just started growing and that side of our business grew faster than the flip side. Um, so we're not, we're not really doing flips at this exact point in time, not necessarily, uh, because that's the plan. It's just, that's what's coming through the pipeline at Great. this point in time. So. Okay, cool. And now just to get a bit deeper into the business side of things, I mean, obviously being the SaaS team business podcast, I'm, I'm hoping that our listeners will be able to take away kind of at minimum a, a nugget from today's episode that they can apply in their own lives. And in, in your biz, in your bio, you talked about sort of your passion for growing the business. And I mean, of course, obviously I, you know, coming into today's episode, I didn't realize that you were uh, so educated in, in, in the sort of the financial world. Mm -hmm. um, I might have some questions for you after. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, you know, speaking of, you know, growing the business and your clients, um, what were some of the ways that you've, you've grown Spruce Homes over the last two years? I mean, there's a there's a proverb that says that there's nothing new under the sun. So, I mean, every business is, you know, have, have the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. But what specifically have you guys done to go from, you know, flipping one or two houses a year to, you know, becoming a, 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 a really a medium-sized home builder mm -hmm. in the city? Yep. Um, so we, we scaled mainly through organic growth. And what I mean by that is, number one, we leaned on social media. Mm -hmm. um, Caitlin is, I like to think anyway, Caitlin's very good at that side of the marketing world. She's creative. She responds to almost every DM she gets. And a lot of them are, are really like detailed. Um, so we, we, we grew that way. Uh, we found our niche and we just stuck to it. We didn't try and shoot for the moon right away. We didn't try and go from flipping $350,000 houses to building million dollar houses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, our growth has been, has been in my eyes, slow, I'm sure in other people's fast. Um, but through that, we got more and more custom work over time. And the more custom work you get, it's just easier to grow. Um, the biggest hurdle that we've had is financing and capital. But when you're, when it's custom work yeah. instead of spec work, it's a lot easier to solve that puzzle. So we scaled organically through those mediums. As we've grown, we have needed capital injection as well. Just home building is not a cheap endeavor. No, it's um, not. So we have brought on investor partners to, to help actually fund the, the builds that we've been able to sell. Good. Okay. And then the, the second point there being, you know, the client experience, what have you guys done to improve your client experience at, at Spruce Homes? And do you have, you know, without spilling the beans, but do you have anything, you know, that you're implementing in the future that, mm -hmm. you know, that might be a better client experience or. Yeah. So if you would have, uh, if you would have gone back 12 months, even, I would say that our focus was what we did the best would be marketing and design. Um, and that's because of the price points that we were building at, we, in, in our opinion, had superior design than what our competition was. Mm -hmm. But as we've done more custom work, custom work just slowly adds to the price. Right. Um, and the higher price points you get, there's just better design out there. The builders are different. They're all, for the most part, good at yep. that stuff. Yep. Um, so there had to be a different 
differentiating factor couldn't just be that. And we realized that the client experience was extremely important. So now it's not only the design, but our focus now is on making that experience better so that it, it is fun the entire time because mm -hmm. you're together for mm -hmm. like nine months from start to finish. Yeah. So it's everything from, from just being hands-on from the design from the design aspect all the way through move-in, communication, transparency, just making the process easy. I think taking away the stress adds to the experience. One of the things that I, I was thinking about this driving down the road the other day, when you talk to friends or family that have built a house and they like the house, um, I've never heard someone say it was an awesome experience. Experience. Mm -hmm. They talk about how awesome the house is yep. and they show off their master bathroom or their kitchen and and the quality of different details. But I've never actually talked to someone who talks about the process. Right. Um, so that's what we're starting to work towards now. And that's everything from uh, making like change orders extremely transparent. Um, one of the things that we just started doing is showing our clients all of our inspection reports so as we there's five inspections throughout yep. the build of a house to actually show that to them show them what the deficiencies are at the end of the day in order to close the permit every deficiency has to be Correct. noted anyway yep. but like what are we're not hiding anything right. so it's just trust it's just like building that trust factor and doing everything that we can to make that happen yeah no it's interesting points because my wife and i've actually built uh i think we're in our fourth new home um the first one we built through a builder and you're you're right i mean actually the, the builder was was very very good at the time that the, the quality of the product was great but i had a list of business cards and said well here's the guy you talk to you for your flooring here's the guy you talk to for your you know your yeah. counters and your, your cabinets and stuff like that and you have until this date to tell us what you picked yeah. um, and then even when we did it ourselves man we spent we spent five hours at a lighting store on a friday and then went back for two hours on a saturday looking through catalogs and with a measuring tape and trying to eyeball things and one of the things i've noticed on your instagram feed talking about the design side of things is that you guys those are things that are, are hands-on where you will meet the client at the flooring store and you know work with them instead of just saying hey by saturday we need your tile selection yeah and that's actually caitlin right now she's on the design day yesterday today and tomorrow with three different clients and another one on monday and normally we hammer 70 percent of selections out in two days yeah cool. um and it's just like bam bam but we do that in a couple ways number one caitlin's there um one of the first thing that she does before they go out is she gets them to link her in with her Pinterest, their Pinterest accounts. Yeah. Um, so she has a pretty good idea of what their style is so that she can be helpful. Um, she does a bunch of the legwork from a lighting and plumbing fixture side of things. Mm -hmm. Lighting, she puts design boards together yeah, and they just gotta knows. pick them. They don't gotta go to stores. They don't, we, we do that so that we keep budgets within the allowances that they give. Um, yesterday she was with a, and the, that's another important thing also if, from the experience standpoint is making sure that the allowances that you set are realistic. Yeah. Uh, she was with a with a client yesterday who it's someone out of town that's doing a, an addition with with a, another contractor, but he didn't offer the design, so she was doing that with them. And their their plumbing fixture budget was four thousand dollars, which included like tubs, faucets, sinks, toilets, the whole nine yards, and they got in the store and realized that like with their budget, they could get like one freestanding tub and two toilets. Hmm. <laughs> so it's, and that's just part of it. It's just, 
if if that happens once it's okay but if it happens the entire time through the whole process it just gets wearing and then that's what kind of sticks in your mind so those are those are just little things that if you can tidy those up along the whole line then it's just makes for better better experience yeah every every little bit of stress and anxiety that you can reduce uh, adds up to a whole lot over the the course of a build and so i I mean you've actually probably answered most of the questions on the next question i i was going to get you just to uh sort of briefly run through what 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 does it look like when somebody calls you and says you know we we want to build a house with you i mean again i know that you've kind of just touched on a, a few of those things but what what would that sort of kind of start to finish look like yeah so the first is obviously that initial meeting sit down and we try and those normally last an hour hour and a half and we just dig in what people are looking for right um, what's important to them once we have a pretty good idea of what people are looking for we move towards floor plans once we get the floor plans finalized we'll do a budgeted proposal so that's when i price the plan with budgeted line items for any design selections so cabinets flooring tile lighting and plumbing fixtures so on and so forth once that budgeted proposal is approved then we move to the design selection we can finalize price at that point at that point the price is firm unless there's some sort of change in scope Um, and then construction starts so through the construction we do five walkthroughs client walkthroughs and then we also do daily logs most weeks we'll do two a week so i go on site and just take photos share what's happening so that clients can see what's going on outside of those five walkthroughs and then um if there's any change orders or stuff like that like i mentioned earlier we have a pretty transparent process about how that works and then once construction's over, we move to move in in the warranty period. And I like the way that, uh, you know, even throughout, uh, as you explain that, you know, you're right, lots of transparency. You know, I, I think that when somebody's building and they, they get that little notification and you've updated their file and it's like, oh, the, the insulations and oh, the, yeah. you know, I didn't realize that they were going to start drywall today and, and just... I think it builds excitement along mm-hmm. along the way and they get to feel like they're part of the process, not just along for the ride, you know? Yeah. Well, and one of the things that we do that I actually didn't even realize it would be as big of a deal as it is, but it people love it, is that our the software that we use, our clients are able to see this, the schedule live as I mm-hmm. see it. And they're it's a huge hit. They can look on a Monday and say like, oh, look, our shower's getting tiled today and ceilings are getting textured and whatever fences cool. getting put in outside yeah so they without even going on site they know what's going on inside their house as we move into the last segment of the show i want to dig a little bit deeper into business or the the running of a business and we interrupt this program for today's shameless plug if you want more information on this podcast and the host or any information on the saskatoon real estate market including market stats neighborhood profiles or any listing that's currently for sale You can find it all on the web at onlineopenhouse.ca. That's onlineopenhouse.ca. I'm also on all major social channels. It's called social media for a reason. Add me. Let's get social. Now, back to the show. Question for you. What do you think or what would be your definition of a successful business? Like what what, what does a business owner have to do to be successful or some must-haves or some must-dos, you know, to run a successful company? (laughs) Uh, So my definition, uh, um, some people want to run their business so that they can travel a lot. Some want to make, run their business so they make filthy amounts of money and everything in between. 
Um, so to me, a successful business is one that's actually reaching its goals, whatever those are. If you're just uh, running willy-nilly around, I, it's why are you doing it? Running a business is very stressful. It is, um, yeah. It's risky. You just got to deal with a lot of stuff. Um, so if you're not, if you don't, if you don't have a target where you're trying to go and you're every single day acting to actually accomplish that goal, then uh, I don't even understand why why you would do it. That's a good answer. I, I like it. I mean, it. Uh, you're right. You have to have a focus. You have to be working towards something. And those guys that that kind of hope and a prayer it. Those are the guys that you find out two years later they haven't, you know, they haven't paid their taxes. They're, you know, why did so and so go out of business? And it's like, well, because they didn't have targets. They didn't hit yeah. their targets. And uh, okay, no, and I, I can tell. Like when we when we get off track, it's because we haven't set goals recently enough. Mm. Um, for us, we do it every handful of months. We kind of revisit them. But when we when we get lazy on that, that's when I see things degrading in kind of all parts. And then I just need to sit down at the table again, think, and get back to the drawing board. Good answer. Yeah, good answer. Now, the next question is uh, I want people to get a glimpse into your your leadership style. I mean, I really believe that people learn from the experience of experience of experiences of others mm-hmm. um you know they can take their wins and losses and, and maybe not make the same mistakes so what what would be one of the weaknesses that you have that you feel that you have as a business owner so right now it's pretty clearly the speed of communication between everybody between myself and our staff between myself and our trades between myself and my our clients and the reason is because we're there's only so many hours in the day and we're we're short man power, yeah. to be honest. And there's just a lot of hats being worn at the moment. So if I had one thing on my wish list, it was it would be to get back to people faster. Okay, that's good. And then on the flip side of it, what, what what's one of your strengths? What, what's something that you feel that you do well as a business owner? I can see the big picture. I understand. I understand. I like to think that I understand how businesses operate from a 30 thousand foot level and i understand how marketing ties together with finance and with hr and with operations and all those types of pieces i like to think that that's where where my strengths lie um so you have a big vision kind of got it yeah 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 i like that i um i'm a big uh, i like to careful how i say this i like to to fantasize mm-hmm. but i don't i don't i don't say that in a you know, in in an inappropriate way. Some people daydream, but I I find that when it comes to to my business or, you know, even just areas of my life that I want to go, it it goes beyond daydreaming. Like it, you know, I sit there and I, I'm putting in pieces to that, to that daydream that, you know, are, are pretty specific. So like you said, that, that high level view of trying to, to, to match everything up ahead of time. I, you know, I, I can appreciate that. I like that because I, I, uh, I can spend a lot of time in the shower uh, <laughs> thinking about my future. <laughs> well, I can. I'll, so I'll tell you a story. So the we, I have a business coach as well. Um, he's out of the States. And they just moved into their new headquarters yesterday, I believe, was their first day in it. Um, and I've heard stories from – I have a buddy that I went to college with that actually works for him as well. So I can validate these through him. Um, he's been dreaming about this new head office – for like 10, 15 years. Um, and he's been telling people about him, been daydreaming about it. And that lots of people, he's been saying, have laughed at him. Mm-hmm. And now they're in it. Um, 
So I think there is power for sure in daydreaming or visioning or a lot. There's people have different words for it, but I believe in it. Yeah, there's yeah. a great quote that people perish for lack of vision. So uh, a strong vision will get you get you down the line. Yeah. Um, as we move into the final word, um, just before we get there, I like to end or get close to the end of the show. End with some of the reviews that we've gotten on the the podcast. So each week we're going to start reading some of the reviews that came in on the show. Some are thoughtful, some are funny, but we want to honor and recognize those fans who have taken the time to give us a five star rating and write a short review. Um, it really helps our show grow, and it's something that's free for you to do, but adds massive value. So today's review comes in from D. Hutchinson. This comes from Apple Podcasts, and he says, I really appreciate that I know when I'm, that I'm going to walk away from each episode with something of value. The fact that this is a local podcast makes it all the more follow-worthy. So I want to thank him or her, D. Hutchison, for that kind review. And you really nailed our motto perfectly. The motto of uh, the podcast is what's in it for you, the listener. And this show exists to provide a local Saskatoon entrepreneurs with a platform to showcase their value. And, um, you know, I think that uh, as we wrap up this show, Brad, you know, you've provided a lot of value for the business owner that is thinking about putting some systems into place and, and thinking about all those little pieces that, that have to fit in. And so I want to leave the um, final word to you, Brad. This is the Saskatoon Business Podcast, after all. Uh, what's one final piece of advice that you could leave an aspiring business owner or an established business owner that you think that they could use and implement today in their business to make a difference? Um, so I think it ties back to kind of the last point that we were talking about, about visioning and dreaming. Visioning and dreaming is good and valuable only if you have actions to back it up. Uh, that's powerful. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about all the time, reverse engineering. And I think that is not, I think, I know that's extremely powerful about having a goal and then breaking that, forgetting about it, set it and then forget it. But now focus on the actions that you need to take and think about those every single day and make sure that you're doing those actions. I, there's just too many people, especially in this, in the real estate realm that, that we're in, that talk about starting something or doing something or buying a rental property or flipping a house or whatever it is. 90% of the time it's lip service. Yeah. And it's one of the most frustrating things talking to uh, local, like local people that have been, been around to real estate conferences or whatever. And, and you see them today and then you see them in 12 months and they're saying the exact same thing they did yeah. 12 months ago it drives me nuts i listened to a podcast yesterday and the, the the guy said that it was a he was speaking to real estate agents and uh taking massive determined action yep. every day so yep. no i love i love that um so thanks to our listeners who have joined the show today i hope you'll stick around and consider subscribing to the podcast and if you want to see any of our guests in person you can head over to the youtube channel we record all the podcasts and put them on the playlist and the link is in the bio and and lastly brad where can people find out more about you as far as website social that kind of stuff if they want to check you out yeah so if you want to find spruce homes it's uh sprucehomes.ca and our uh, business instagram handle is spruce homes uh, my personal one is 
Mr. Spruce Homes. And I, those are probably, we're on Facebook as well, Spruce Homes right. uh, under Facebook. So those are probably the two. We're very active on social media, so you can always find us. Yeah, so if somebody right. just Googles or, or any of the social channels, Spruce Homes, you will find them. Yeah. I can attest to that. So again, my name is Scott Ziegler, a realtor with Remax Saskatoon and your host of Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Signing off from Remax headquarters. Thanks for listening. And if there's anything in this world that I can do to serve you, just reach out because as always, I'm just happy to help. Thanks so much for listening to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from.